Seb stared down at the man who had been shot through the shoulder and was seeping blood into the grey dust. You're out of it, muttered Seb, turning away. No more battle for you, chum. Just then, three geikers came running at him before he had time to lift his revolver. There was a commotion behind them. Soldiers were chasing them. Only one of the geikers was armed. He carried a knob carry. This was struck out at Seb's head as he passed. Seb instinctively blocked the blow with his pistol arm. The knob-carry caught him on his elbow, causing him to yell in pain. The revolver fell towards the ground, but was held dangling on its lanyard. Seb gathered it up, reeling it in like a fish on a line. His eyes were watering with the pain. The hardwood club had caught him right on the point of the bone. His hand was uselessly numb. Four soldiers ran past him, one of them glancing sideways to make sure the officer was not badly hurt. Two of them stopped to fire their Martini Henrys at the retreating Geikers, who were dissolving into the bush. In a short while, one of the soldiers came back, the one who had given Seb a quick look. "'You all right, sir?' "'Yes,' replied Seb through gritted teeth. "'There's a wounded native over there, behind that thorn.' The soldier, a private, went to look. A moment later, there was a loud scream— Seb ran round the shrub to see the redcoat staggering backwards, a spear protruding from his chest. It had been thrown with such force the point was showing through his back. Seb was horrified and stared around in vain, looking for the thrower. The enemy was nowhere to be seen, nor was the body of the wounded native. This had been dragged away or had dragged itself. There were snaking marks in the dust, along with a dribble of body fluids— Seb knelt by the private, who was now on the ground, blood bubbling from his mouth. The dying man looked up and said, "'Oh, sir!' Then his eyes misted over, and his jaw dropped. Seb stood up. All around him now were the sounds of fighting. He left the soldier, who was beyond help, and ran towards the battle. Mercifully, he found himself on an open patch where soldiers had gathered and were firing at about thirty of the enemy, dark figures who were zigzagging as they ran away. Some of them were grabbing at invisible things around their heads, catching stones, they called it, a belief they could snatch bullets out of the air with their hands. A lieutenant stood by the kneeling redcoats, directing their fire. "'Peter!' cried Seb. "'Have you seen my men?' "'Some of them are here with me, Sebastian,' replied his comrade." Everyone scattered. It's this bloody bush country. You stick with us now. Seb nodded, fired one shot, then began reloading his revolver. Guns opened up on the ridge behind them, now that the enemy was in the open. Seven pounders. Their rounds landed amongst the retreating enemy, who now numbered about fifty as more and more emerged from the bush. Further troops appeared on Seb's left. Suddenly, The natives stopped and turned, running back to fire with their ancient muskets into the soldiers, then away again, leaving two redcoats wounded. As they ran, the Geikers began going down under the intense fire from the Martini Henrys. At least ten bodies tumbled onto the rocky ground to be left by their fellows. Geiker horsemen now charged out of the bush behind the soldiers, firing into their backs. There were about twelve mounts— They wheeled away and arced towards the warriors on foot, following them to a river, a glittering silver strip in the sunlight. The redcoats then raced after the horsemen, hoping to reach them before they crossed the river. One of the Geica riders was on a white horse. An officer on the flank suddenly shouted, "'There's Sandili! I see Sandili!' There was great excitement amongst the troops. Sandili was the leader of the Geikers who had been causing so much trouble raiding farms and settlements in the Transkai. 
Seb took the officer at his word and urged his redcoats on. It would be a great feather in all their caps if they got Sandili. Every time a white horse was captured by the British, they inspected the stirrups to see if one was shorter than the other, a sign that it was indeed the mount of the Geica rebel leader. The chase was, however, fruitless. The lieutenant, who had become so excited by Sandili's presence, did manage to reach the river while some of the horsemen were leaving it on the other side. He fired across the water, emptying his sidearm. Several of the riders dismounted and returned his fire. Suddenly, the lieutenant staggered back, his helmet flying off. He fell to the ground. By the time